Mark chapter 1 today, verse 35. It says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. Someone say solitary. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And when they found him, they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. He's in a solitary place. And the disciples come looking for him. Jesus understands what it feels like to be a mama. He was by himself. Mama, mama. Jesus, Jesus. I know you're in a solitary place right now. I know you're in the bathroom with the door locked. But I need you right now. He said, everyone is looking for you. Not just one person, but everyone is looking for you, Jesus. But he said to them, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also. Because for this purpose I have come forth. And he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, somebody say moved, stretched out his hand and he touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And he uh, strictly warned him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go your own way. Show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely and it spread the matter so much that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city but was outside in deserted places, and they still came to him from every direction. Look at verse 44 again. It says, And said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but you go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely, and it spread it spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places. And they came to him from every direction. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness and for your mercy this morning. Lord, I just pray over these next few moments, Lord, that your presence would be like a Shekinah glory in this place, that it would be weighing down on us, that we could see it, that we could feel it, Lord. Lord, and I just pray, Lord, over these next few moments that any distraction, anything that we've walked into this place with that may be fighting for our attention, for mental space, Lord, I just pray right now that those things would begin to cease and we just lay those things down, Lord. And right now we, we lock eyes on your eyes and we put our ears to your voice this morning, Lord, and we just say, speak, for your servant is listening today. We give you all glory and honor and praise. And the church said, Amen. Amen. We are in a time, and I think you would agree with me on this statement. We are in a season that it is so easy to share information as, as information is coming to us at record speeds. We are in a time when we reveal 
what needs not to be revealed and we conceal what should be revealed. I'm going to say that again. I said we are in a time and a place when we reveal what needs not to be revealed and we conceal what should be revealed. Amen. There are times when we forget to share or even refuse to share or testify about those things that are the greatest importance in life or those things that could literally shape or turn someone's eternity. And yet somehow, while we forget to share the things of great value, we will often somehow remember to share those things that we should have left in the closet. Can anybody agree with me today? Does anybody know that person? Some of you were lying this morning. And before we know it, it is like our communication has, can be corrupt and our talk can grow negative. And before the conversation started, you were the only person having a bad day. But now, because you chose to reveal what should have been concealed, now three other people in your department are having a bad day. And you and I know that we have no problem sharing things with people. Both you and I know that we have no problem sharing good news with people. I mean, when your team wins, when your team just destroys the rival, when your team was the underdog, but they somehow came out on top, we have no problem sharing the news. I've, I've never seen somebody fall in love and then get engaged and they turn around and tell nobody what just happened. If you ever get engaged and that other person tells nobody, you better go do a background check or start pulling some public records because something ain't right there, amen? When something good happens to us, we have no problem telling people about it. Whenever we feel that God has made a way for us, when we feel like the windows of heaven have just been opened over our, our own house or our church, we have no problem sharing the news. Many of us can testify of the goodness of God and and many can shout this morning about his miraculous provision we can say that he's been good to us we can testify this morning can anybody testify that I don't know where I'd be if it were not for the Lord on my side can anybody testify that that that, that, that wreck should have killed us that that sickness should have taken me out and that and that and that according to the world I shouldn't even be here right now I should have committed suicide suicide five years ago but here I am today standing here in my right mind we have no problem testifying about it in fact the only person that is qualified to remain quiet this morning is, is those people that have the, that, that God hasn't done anything for the only people that should really be quiet in the room is, is, is those people that God has never uh, done anything for but if God has ever opened a door for you if God has ever fought a a battle for you. If God has ever held your enemies at bay, the Bible says let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you've never experienced the redemptive power of God, if you've never experienced the saving grace of God, if you've never had a door open for you that should have remained locked here on earth, if you've never experienced the presence and the power of God, then you, my friend, you have every right to remain quiet this morning. 
morning. But if you can look back today and you're not where you were a year ago and you can say God has been working for me little by little and you know that if it were not for the grace of God you'd be locked up somewhere. You may even be in rehab somewhere or you may even be in a morgue somewhere this morning. If you are in your right frame of mind this morning you should look at your neighbor and tell them you better tuck your feet in because watch out I've got to let out my praise this morning I've got to let it out this morning because he's just been too good for me to be quiet today anybody in the house can testify I've got to just let my praise out Every person in the room should have a I just can't keep it to myself kind of spirit in them. We are living in a day when every Christian should have I just cannot keep it to myself kind of spirit. I mean, Jeremiah, he tried to do it. He tried to talk himself into a quiet place. In Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 9, he said, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, fine, nor will I speak his name anymore. He was one of those people that had been walking around the job telling people about the goodness of God and people were starting to get a little agitated and here he is he was saying I told myself I wasn't going to say anything I told myself I wasn't going to testify about his goodness today he said but his word was in my heart like a burning fire and it was shut up in my bones he said I was weary of holding it back and I could not hold it back any longer where are the I just can't keep it to myself this morning. Where are the Jeremiah's where you've tried to keep your mouth shut, but it's turned into a fire in your belly and you're just like, I cannot hold it back any longer. These people in the church, they'll share their good news. There's people in the church You'll share the rock that just got on your hand, and there's no problem with it. You will, you will brag about your favorite team. You will boast about your child getting into that university or that scholarship. Yet there's still people in the church today that God has blessed and his hand rests upon, that God has promoted, that, that has yet to say a word about his goodness. They have yet to testify about it. They have yet to to share it with a co-worker about what God has done. And that is who I've come to preach to today. I want to talk to those people who talk more about the braves than they talk about the blood. I feel like I'm about to stir up something this morning. I want to preach to those people, oh God help me, that are more excited about the return of college football than they are the return of Christ. I want to preach to those who will sit three hours watching a game or three hours playing a game, and but yet you are so ecstatic that this is the last Sunday of overflow so we can turn to return to two services so you can be in and out in an hour and 25 minutes because you say you can't sit anywhere this long. 
hold on men I came for the women too because I want to talk to the ladies who get more excited about the clearance section than you do Christ I want to talk to those ladies who get more excited about picking out marble countertops than you are thankful that you've actually got peace in your mind I want to talk to the people that talk about everything wrong with the church but you have forgotten all the times that the church got on their knees and prayed you through because see if I lost it all but still have Jesus I still have enough if he never moves another mountain I still have enough to praise him if another door never opens for Chase Holson back guess what in fact the very everything that he's already done for me just makes me want to shout the pain off the walls this morning because if he never ever does anything else I've still got a reason to praise him and I just can't keep it in any longer See, a tragedy in the church is that we will reveal what should be concealed, yet never reveal what should be revealed. It's a tragedy. Because there's some things, how many of you know, you don't need to tell everybody. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. I've seen your Facebook. I've seen your rant. There's some things you don't need to talk about on Facebook. A couple of weeks ago, we were sitting at a sporting event. It's the worst coaching I've ever seen. I ain't gonna lie. I was mad. Everybody was mad. Sarah looks at me and says, there's nothing eternal about this. but I'm still mad. And I looked down and I had on my legacy shirt and I shut my mouth. <sighs> Thank God for a legacy shirt. Because <sighs> I may have lost it that day. I just looked down and said, just keep your mouth shut. Because it's, it's, really, it's really not eternal. Why are we losing sleep over what's not eternal? The old saying said, what happens in this house stays in this house. Sometimes you may walk on, you may have been, had a Sunday morning from hell. You and your spouse are about to kill each other. Let me tell you something. That's when you need to walk into the house of the Lord and don't say, let me tell you what he did today. You don't need to go around telling everybody your spouse didn't have it, everything ready this morning. But no, you need to come together and conceal what needs to be concealed and reveal your praise and push right through it and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I don't know what happened at my house, but God's about to turn it around. Why? Because I just can't hold it back. There's some things you don't need to post on Facebook. There's some things you don't need on your Instagram story because if you don't watch it, church, you don't even realize it, but you'll start praising the devil more than you praise God. You need to take a note of what Jesus did. The word says that he went to a solitary place. He got away so that he could be set apart so that he wouldn't fall apart. He got away so he could be set apart 
So when the season came, he would not fall apart. He knew that his disciples, even some of those closest to him, could not handle what he was about to go through. He knew that he could not walk around the town and vent and air it out because the people that were in the town could not bear the weight that he was about to bear. See, the devil loves some of y'all because y'all give him praise for things he didn't even know he was doing. The devil is not omnipresent. The devil is not omnipotent. He's not all-powerful. He's not all-knowing. In fact, the only reason the devil knows some of your weaknesses is because you're walking around talking about them. And you walk around and talk about them, and he begins to plan your a plan against you because you just told him your weakness because sometimes we reveal what should be concealed and we don't speak about what we should have been revealed through our lips and this text is here today and we see Jesus traveling and he's teaching and the word says that a leper came to him and was imploring him make me clean it's important to understand that this man is not only a leper but because he is a leper he is also an outcast and because he's an outcast that also means that he is rejected by society he has a condition get this that has manifested itself on the outside of the body leprosy begins on the inside leprosy begins when a bacteria gets into the bloodstream and it goes through your bloodstream it can for years before it begins to manifest itself on the outside. See, it started small, but now what was on the inside is exposed. So now his condition is public. He has a condition that everybody now knows about because how many of you know that it's one thing to have a condition but it's another thing when everybody knows your condition and what started on the inside of this man is now manifested on the outside of him and because of this leprosy he could not get into the gates of the city because of this leprosy he would not be allowed in buildings like this and, and in fact, when he was moving around the villages, he would have to announce himself by saying, unclean, unclean. And no matter who you are today, you should be able to identify a little bit with this man because we all have something on the inside of us that if it were not for the grace of God, it would manifest itself on the outside of us. I said, we're all wrestling with some thoughts. We're all wrestling with some emotions. We're all wrestling with some hurt, some pain. We're all wrestling with something that if it were not for the grace of God, it would be evident to everybody around us. Why? Because we all have issues. Can anybody say amen? We all have something that if we don't watch it, that if we are not careful, it will catch us off guard on a bad day and it will begin
begin to manifest itself on the outside. And this man has a condition. He has an ailment. He has a struggle. And the word says that when he heard Jesus was there, he came and he kneeled before Jesus and said, if you are willing, can you make me clean? He was tired of the condition. He was tired of being an outcast. He was tired of dealing with the thing that was once on the inside is now manifest itself on the outside. He was tired of the people talking about him. He said, if you are willing, would you please just touch me? Would you please just cleanse me? And in verse 41, we see, it said, and Jesus moved. Isn't it good to know that God still moves? I said, isn't it good to know that God still moves? When you did not have the ability to move yourself, he moved toward you. When you didn't have the strength to get up, he was moving anyway. It said he was moved. Not only did he move, but he was moving with compassion. Somebody say compassion. Let me tell you something. It's a terrible day when you share your condition with someone who has no compassion for you. Because often the problem isn't that you shared stuff with people. The problem is that you shared your stuff with the wrong people. Because if you don't find some compassion for me, I'm not going to let you in my struggles. Come on. Because I don't need somebody to respond with condemnation. I need some compassion. I don't need you to condemn me. I already feel bad enough on my own. I don't need somebody to pull me down because I'm already at rock bottom. I need somebody to pull me back up. I don't need anyone to speak down to me. No, I need someone to remind me that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I don't need somebody to come and make me weep even more. No, I sometimes I need somebody to look in my face and say, suck it up, buttercup. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. He's moved with compassion. And just... Look at this level of compassion. He doesn't just speak to him. But the word said he touches him. There's so many people that want to speak into your life, but don't want to connect with your life. Everybody's got an opinion. Amen. Aren't you thankful for a God that not only speaks, but he touches, he connects. There's a lot of people that will speak to you, but they don't want to touch you because they're afraid that whatever you've got on you, whatever you're dealing with now, they're going to be associated with. But aren't you thankful for a God that's not afraid to get in the ditch with you? Aren't you thankful for a God that will rub shoulders with you? A God that was wounded for our transgressions. He was wounded for our transgressions so that he could rub up against your sin. And he was bruised for our iniquity. He don't mind getting close to my struggles. Aren't you thankful? He don't mind getting close to my struggles because he who was without sin became my struggle so that we might be made the righteousness of God. 
And in verse 42, he says, and as soon as he spoke, immediately. As soon as he spoke, the man was immediately healed. When God speaks, it will happen. I says when God speaks, it will happen. I said if God speaks, it will happen. It may be little by little. It may be immediate. Because God's got different speeds for different seasons. But I don't care if it takes one hour, one month, one year. If God said it, he will do it. I said if God said it, he will do it. He speaks and immediately we watch as a shift takes place. He speaks and immediately the leprosy leaves him. He speaks and immediately what had him bound for years left him. He speaks and immediately what had him tormented left him. What had him discouraged left him. What had him depressed and bound, it left him. And I want to speak that same spirit over this house this morning. Something is about to leave you today. Something is about someone is about something is about to leave you today something is about to leave your house this morning something is about to break that depression is about to leave you that anxiety is about to leave you that stronghold is about to leave you come on tell your neighbor it's leaving me today come on say it it's leaving today this thing's not going back to the house with me today this thing's not getting back in the car with me today this thing's not even going to make it in the lobby today that thing has got to leave me today and immediately the thing that had a grip on his life left him and the man had lived with leprosy for most of his life but is now the word said cleansed cleansed meaning there was no more residue of that ailment left on him I've seen somebody with leprosy we were at the Taj Mahal in India and these beggars were just running up to me I had them fooled they thought because I was white I was rich I said, gotcha. <laughs> they were just coming up to me. And there was a man, I saw him. He only had one leg and one arm. And it, he was covered in scales. And you could tell where his arm and his leg had been eaten off by this disease. And people are holding him back. Say, don't touch him. Don't touch him. And when I read this, I see somebody who now said that he had been cleansed. There was no more residue of the ailment left on him. 
Aren't you thankful for a God that not only speaks, that not only drives that thing out of you, but a God that when he's finished, there's no residue on you. Because there is now, therefore, no condemnation, no residue for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because whom the Son has set free is free indeed. It left me, there's no residue. He said, I've been cleansed. He said, now go show yourself to the priest and bring something to offer up for what God has done for you. He said, go to the church, show yourself to the priest. He said, and bring an offering that can be offered up for what God has done for you. See, that's why we don't come to church empty-handed, but we come with something to offer up to him for what he's done. I said, that's why we do not come to church empty-handed, but we come to church with something that we can offer up to him for what he has done. He said, go show yourself, and the priest will offer up that offering for you. See, whenever you show yourself, we got a lot of people that like to show themselves. But whenever you show yourself, you show yourself so that they can see Jesus and not you. (laughs) Show yourself means you walk around saying, look what the Lord has done for me. Not look what I've done for myself. You walk around saying, look what the Lord has done. I don't know how I would make it if it were not for the Lord. Not only did he speak to me, but he touched me. Now he's removed every other residue off my life. And as you march into this house, you march into here with joy. You march in on a Sunday morning with excitement. And your worship starts speaking for you, saying, look what the Lord has done for me. All of a sudden, people look around and they see your life. And they wonder how you're making it. You are showing yourself in a moment like this. Because your worship is screaming out, I know I may be going through some stuff right now, but he's just been too good for me. I cannot hold it in. I got to let it out. Now, this is where the part of the story a lot of people don't get because I have no problem bringing my offering. I have no problem giving my tithe back to God. For the gratitude of what he has given me. But this other thing throws me a loop. And this other thing throws a lot of people a loop. When he said, say nothing. Go, say what? Say nothing. You mean to tell me, here I am, Lord. I've been sick most of my life. I have dealt with this inner thing for years and then it manifests itself. And now I can't even say a word. You mean to tell me that you don't want me to post about it, that you don't want me to write about it, you don't want me to tweet about it. Let me tell you something. 
This is going to rock a lot of your theology. If you're going to disobey Jesus, this is when you need to disobey him. You have no problem disobeying everything else. But if you're going to disobey, Lord... Disobey him when he says, say nothing. He said, don't say a word. He said, and all of us, he said, don't say a word. But the man left that place and everything that Jesus told him not to do, he did it anyway. Anybody ever been there? Anybody ever had kids that have been there? Don't say a word. And they say every word that they know. Don't say a word. And he left that place. And he's literally walking around the town saying, look what Jesus did for me. I don't know, but I feel like Jesus kind of said that with a smile on his face. Because I feel like he kind of knew that that man was not going to be able to keep his mouth shut. And the first person he saw, and the second person he saw, he said, let me tell you about the goodness of Jesus. Let me tell you what he did for me. He talked so much. He ran his mouth so much about Jesus that Jesus can no longer walk down the road without being recognized. Now Jesus has got a paparazzi. Can't you see Jesus walking down with shades on? Everybody's on Jesus now. He could no longer walk through the town because they heard that this man had been cleansed. He could no longer walk down the streets. Jesus could no longer just run into the store. Jesus could no longer just wake up and wear the robe he got out of the bed in into the supermarket. Some of you are guilty of that. (laughs) He was no longer just a man, but now he was Jesus. And everywhere he went, this man was talking about what Jesus did. Why couldn't this man shut his mouth? Why should you not remain quiet? Number one, get this, because it was just too good to be true. Ben, help me out. It was just, has something ever happened to you where you felt like it's just too good to be true? There's no way you could have healed me. It's just too good to be true. He, all of a sudden, here he is. That's why he had to tell everybody. That's why he had to tell somebody. Because sometimes God opens a door that's just too good to be true. Sometimes God will give you provision that it feels like it's just too good to be true. He said, I've got to tell somebody because is this real? His blessings on me, they're just too good to be true. And number two, it's just too wonderful to conceal. It's just too wonderful to be quiet. Listen, this is why I can't go to a quiet church. This is why I cannot go to a church with no joy. This is why I can't go to a church where everybody's got resting worship face. That's why I cannot go to a church that's talking about the goodness of God and nobody raises a hand. 
That's why I can't go to a church where nobody's clapping. That's why I cannot go to a church where everybody's just like, praise ye the Lord because they must not have experienced what I've experienced because when I look how God opened doors for me when I see the promotions he's given some of you when I see the healings that he's still performing it's just too wonderful to conceal it's just too good for me to sit there and be quiet can anybody agree with me anybody say it's just too good to be quiet because every now and then you got to open your mouth and praise the Lord. Every now and then you should open your mouth and praise the Lord. Every now and then you should say thank you, Lord. Every now and then you ought to clap your hands and rejoice. I said every now and then you ought to clap your hands. Every now and then you ought to stomp your feet. Every now and then you ought to run a lap around this place because you've still got some life.